Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615 Podcast. I am your host, Drew Jones. You are listening to episode 13, and it is a good one. Our guest today is Tennessee Titans sports writer Jim Wyatt. Any of you who know me are certainly aware of the fact that I am a huge Titans fan. Those of you who know me well also know that there is a story there. After graduating from college at the University of North Alabama in 1999, I moved here to Nashville. It couldn't have been a better time to move to Music City. The Titans and the Predators had just arrived here in Nashville. And as luck would have it, a fraternity brother of mine got the job as T-Rack, the Tennessee Titans mascot. So for the first 10 years the Titans were here in Nashville, I was down on the field helping out my buddy for every home game the Titans played, and it was awesome. Not only did I get to see some of the most exciting games in Titans history, it's also where I got to meet today's guest, Jim Wyatt. Jim was born and raised here, and he is about as Nashville as you can get. Jim started off as a sports writer for the Tennessean. However, he eventually landed the job as the chief editor for the Tennessee Titans website, titansonline.com. So Jim is now employed by the team he has covered for 20 years. Jim is a great storyteller, and he also has a great memory. It was so fun to sit and talk with him about the Titans and their history. Jim Wyatt is also a runner, and we talk plenty about that as well. Jim started running a little bit later in life. However, he has found a pure love for it. He does not run in races, nor does he pay much attention to the pace that he's running. He just loves to run. Over the past couple years, Jim has started taking his running gear with him when he travels out of town with the team, and he gets to explore some of the coolest cities in the United States while out on a run. Jim is married to his wife, Stephanie, and they have a son, Rhett, and a daughter, Sydney. Jim is a great guy. He is a super hard worker, and he does an excellent job covering the Tennessee Titans. I am so thankful that he came here and let me interview him for running the 615. Thanks, as always, everyone, for listening in. I certainly appreciate your support. Here we go. Episode 13, Jim Wyatt. Hello, welcome back to Running the 615, everyone. I'm sitting across from Jim Wyatt. I've been really excited to interview my friend for a while now, and we found a window to make it happen. Jim, thanks for being here. Drew, appreciate you having me on. We have known each other a while. I was thinking about this today. I was the assistant mascot coordinator for the Tennessee Titans when they became the Titans in 99. You were covering the Titans at the time, working for the Tennessean, correct? That's correct. So we would chat a lot on the field, but then got to know each other a little bit better when I started working at Fleet Feet and you would come in, you know, we'd talk running and then I would try to get to where we could talk Titans real quick because <laughs> they are my first love. So we'll, we'll talk a, a lot about stuff. I'll do my best to keep this interview under 12 hours because I got a lot of Titans. <laughs> And stuff I want to talk about. This will probably be the only interview, Jim, where I try to speed through the running part as quick as we can because we want, yeah. I want to talk a little <laughs> Titans. Let's let's just start with the Nashville part. You grew up here your whole life, correct? I did. I was born here in Nashville, lived here for all my life except for maybe a short couple of years when my father was in the FBI. We moved to Detroit and lived in Minneapolis for a couple of years. My twin sisters were born in Detroit, Michigan, and then again lived in Minneapolis. But I was back here a couple of years later and have 
lived here since I was probably three, four years old. Right. And again, was born in this city and uh, have seen it grow. It's hard to believe. Yeah. But, uh, so you, you're as, as much Nashville as anybody is. For yeah, sure. I went to, yeah. I went to Christ the King first through third was the Catholic school here in Nashville, not too far from here. And then we moved across town. I went to St. Henry's for grade school, then went to Father Ryan High School when it was at on Elliston Place across from Rotiers. If you oh, drive, sure. yeah, yeah, if you drive by uh, 65 now and see that sprawling campus, that's not anything like the school I went to. Man, uh, it looks like a little college <laughs> off, yes, off of 65. Yeah. You're one of five children, correct? Are you the middle child? Are you I in the am middle? the second oldest. I have second a sister that was born, and I was born one year, two days later. Mm-hmm. And then my twin sisters were born within two years of me being born. And then I have a little brother that was born maybe six years later. But there was a stretch where my parents had four kids, three and under. There you and, go. Uh, that's and, uh, that's That was work for yes. both of them, for sure. Especially and, when we were moving, because my, my, my dad was went to Vanderbilt, and he moved a little bit for his job early on, but my mom was certainly trying to take care of a small kids during that stretch before we eventually settled down here and, and grew up here. But it was, when I think about my life with two kids and how they were, you know, I had two that were three and under at the same time, it was, I couldn't complain at all about uh, right. any stress I had with kids and trying to keep them in line when I knew my mom had four. No doubt. Du- double the trouble of, of yes. the two. So let's talk a little bit about you growing up in Nashville. You already said, you know, your grade school and high school here. What sports did you play as you were going through school? I tell you what, I played as a kid and growing up, I played baseball and I played football. I played, you know, some basketball, nothing serious. Uh, played golf a little bit, but by the time I got to high school, I was passed by from a size standpoint. All those sports I mentioned there, I played, you know, throughout parochial league competition. Uh, played football in the eighth grade. That's when I broke my arm for the first time. There's a ladder incident we can get to later on if you want to. <laughs> when I broke them a second and a second time, but uh, I was five four. It's a great excuse for somebody who wasn't an outstanding athlete. I was five four when I started my senior year in high school. I'm oh, probably six wow. one today, but I was probably five four, weighed about a hundred and fifteen hundred twenty pounds as of starting my senior year in high school and. Any hope I had of playing sports on a serious level in high school kind of went out the window because of that. I ended up growing five inches my senior year in high school, grew another couple of uh, inches uh, in college, and and then I had to obviously catch up to my height and try to put some weight on. But I'd like to think by the time I got to college and played a lot of uh, intramurals that I turned out to be a pretty good basketball player, but Nobody wants to hear those stories now. Well, you look like a basketball player now. That's all right. So I know you went to University of Tennessee, but you have been a Vanderbilt fan your whole life, right? Right over my left yes, shoulder, I'd right down the road. In this, maybe in front of your house, maybe for uh, some games. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Vanderbilt since since you started rooting for sports, they were they were out of the gates. Yeah, I mean, my, my dad started taking me to games when I was you know, six seven years old, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been to countless Vanderbilt football, basketball, baseball games. I grew up going to games and from the late seventies, you know, all through the eighties, even though I went to the University of Tennessee, I you know, I had Vanderbilt in my blood. I mean, I've been a diehard and then when I went to Knoxville, I had a great time up there. People think, Well, this is weird, you know, you go to why don't you cheer for your for where you went to school and right. uh, but it was almost was tougher to cheer for Vanderbilt because 
people knew I was a Vanderbilt fan, and then they you know, heard a lot of Vandy jokes. I think it made me dug in, I dug in it, even yeah. more uh, right. when that happened. I would come home to see Vanderbilt play, and uh, and I don't know if this streak is real, I and mean, I don't know how many how many other people can say what I'm about to say, but I've been to every Vanderbilt Tennessee football game since 1978, which wow. is uh, a inc- pretty incredible streak uh, since sure. I was. Uh, young my dad took me and you know and with the 40 plus years yeah every and game yeah so home and away and um i have covered the titans i've had some some challenges to get to games like i've covered a game uh in oakland california when the titans play the raiders in 2013 it was a one o'clock start out there a three o'clock kickoff here central time but i was in knoxville for a game that started i think at seven o'clock at night and you would co- and you'd cover the titans that day that ne- the very next day and i was the, there oh, and everybody right, because yeah. everybody kind of knows about my streak and is right. it going to end it and when the schedule came out and i saw the titans were playing in oakland the day after their bandy was playing tennessee in knoxville and somebody said well streak's gonna end there's no way you could keep this thing going and you're like challenge accepted yeah, so i'm like okay i gotta figure out how to make this work so Went to this game. Uh, Vanderbilt won the game. Uh, Pat and Robinette scored on the touchdown late, and Vanderbilt won. And then uh, my father took me to my hotel, which was connected to the airport in Knoxville. I didn't go to sleep. I just kept my bags there, maybe stayed in the room for an hour or two. I went to, to the Knoxville airport, flew from Knoxville to Chicago, from Chicago to San Francisco, took the BART from San Francisco to Oakland Coliseum and walked in to the stadium probably for about an hour before kickoff. And I knew I was going to be so tired from the travels that I didn't even want to think about trying to spend the night in Oakland and catch a six o'clock flight. So I left the game. Titans won that game on a Ryan Fitzpatrick to Kendall Wright touchdown pass with like 10 seconds left. Finished writing my stories. I took the BART back to the San Francisco airport, took a red eye to Minnesota, and then flew from Minnesota, Minneapolis to Nashville and covered a game without ever spending the night. And uh, And then slept for a week after that, slept till the next (laughs) Titans game the following Sunday. Wow. I covered a game in Oakland without ever spending the night in the state of California. I was probably on the ground there for, uh, uh, I think it turned out to be about 10, 12 hours. That's awesome. Well, streak continues. So that's the streak continues. And so that just shows you the – uh, what a die hard and how kind of crazy and my wife thinks I'm crazy uh, man you gotta have passion to that's games, right. but that's yeah. my passion so yeah, yeah I, I am Vandy through and through even though I went to U- University of Tennessee nice. it's kind of crazy so let's talk a little bit about running I feel like as our friendship I've gotten to know you better running is, is where we spend the most time catching up you have gotten into running I feel like a little bit more over the past five to ten years did you run some in high school college just recreationally I didn't. And it's funny, I've listened to so many of your podcasts and heard people that have great experiences about running, you know, whether it's triathlons or, or marathons or half marathons and have gone all over the country and world to run. I'm a novice, but I love it. And yeah. uh, and I have to say, I got into it. I didn't, and it's funny. Uh, I talked to people who are probably close to my age who have knee issues or hip issues or back issues related to just the constant pounding on the feet running and I I don't have those issues because I think I probably started so late in life um I got to, my kids who are both in college now I was realizing as they were getting older in high school my first one was getting ready to go off to college I was like and my other one was probably a couple years from 
leaving, I said, I need a hobby. I mean, I need to do something to occupy my time where I'm not sitting around thinking how much I miss my kids. And, sure. and uh, so I started running. And the first time I ran, I ran with my daughter my feet were hurting and I didn't have on great shoes and I have I give you credit anytime I think about how I really was able to sustain my love for running I talked to you you said I need to put you in some brooks and I it was and I started wearing brooks to run it was a completely different experience I didn't have any pain as a part of that it was a struggle early on running just trying to build up the endurance because again mm-hmm. I'd never run before I would consider myself to be in pretty good shape played some basketball and did other things, to, and, and I work out on a regular basis just at home using free weights. But uh, Just never strictly really, running, yeah, hadn't, hadn't never really, really tried it. Yeah, never yeah. built up much of a stamina. So I started running, and then I realized how much I liked it and, yeah. and just how uh, much satisfaction I got running. And I don't run l- – you know, long distances. I run probably four, five miles at a time. Sometimes I just run three point one to for a five k. But yep. uh, I get so much satisfaction out of running. You know, I think it helps me clear my mind. I think certainly I look forward to it. I look forward to finishing and just kind of, kind of enjoying the time to reflect on it. And uh, post run is always yeah, a good feeling yeah. in it. Yeah, it's great. So I mean, it, it's been. And uh, I place my wife was a college golfer, so she likes to play golf, and I play golf with her. But my hobby, really, aside from working and spending time with my family and, and going to sporting events, is is I like to run. And, yeah, that's uh, and, a great story. Yeah, I, I like that we we get to chat about it, and I like that you found it later on in life, and you know are just a good example of you know definitely had some guests on here a couple recently that you know ran in seventh grade for the first time ever and they were immediately like like yep like this is it like this is definitely something i want to do i was a little bit of a late bloomer until i didn't really run at all until after college for the most part but the fact that a you've sought it out later in life but b have found like a joy for it and like doing it and we've even talked you know when you travel with the titans to cover them you'll go for a run in different cities and kind of use that as a way to maybe see some places you haven't in the past I love that. I mean, it's when I travel to go to all the games and uh, that's I look I always pack my pack my Brooks, uh, my running gear. You know, we'll get off the plane. It's good for you. I guess after you've been on the plane to kind of get out and get moving anyway, but right. it's perfect for me. I mean, and not all stadiums are accessible from where the team stays sometimes we stay on the outskirts and a lot of these stadiums you know whether it's in kansas city or in buffalo or in miami or in other parts of the country some of these stadiums are out in the middle of nowhere so you, right. but my, what i love to do more than anything else if the team is staying you know anywhere close to downtown or close to the stadium i'll run and circle the stadium run through downtown i'll get to my hotel and just say what's the best running path here i mean in denver last year when the titans played the broncos i went for a run it was a beautiful day went down through i guess a strip where they had a small river and i ended up at broncos stadium i've you know did the same thing in cleveland yeah. ran around the brown stadium you know trips to pittsburgh i'll run through uh you know three rivers area run through heinz field there it's a 
great lift for me the day before a game yeah. to go for a run and to run past these stadiums where I know the team's going to be playing in the very next day. For sure. Well, this friendship was was meant to be in the sense where I remember when you came into Fleet Feet, I talk running shoes every day, all day, and live in that, that headspace, and that's what you were needing to talk about, and you talk Titans every day, all day, and live in that headspace, and that's what I want to talk about. So I think a normally you know, a, a fit process to get someone in a good pair of shoes takes about 30 to 45 minutes i think ours took three hours <laughs> i was like i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep keep bringing out a couple different things to think about and the more the more jim gets to sit here we get to talk titans so i appreciate you being being patient with me with that but you you are a good example for sure though of somebody who you know started doing it a little bit was wearing a pair of shoes that you know you probably just you know picked up off the off the shoe wall what weren't quite sure what it is and then we measured your foot watched you run got you in a running shoe that was built for you and as you said it's been super successful since then yeah and I always wonder what my life would have been like if I'd have started earlier you know I've mentioned that probably I benefited from not having the wear and tear and just the grind of my body but you know, I was visiting my daughter who goes to the University of Alabama just last weekend and and saw people running camp and I remember talking to my wife and daughter I said I just I wish when I was younger that I would have kind of developed you know, love for running because I, I can't think of what would be better on, you know, on a college campus and to be running through campus. I saw people running all through Tuscaloosa and just how neat that would have been to right. have done it earlier in life but well you got know, a good 50 years of running left. Yeah, that's 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 <laughs> always my so. I, tr- tr- I say it all the time i i'm not anything i would label a successful runner but like you i just genuinely enjoy it i like being outside i certainly love the way i feel when i'm done but my only goal really has ever been to just keep doing it and i actually i, I like that you know most people that run will like pursue a certain distance or a certain race and you you truly run for the just kind of love of the sport and to be outside and that's that's your kind of where your joy is in it and and that's kind of what's kept you going so that's a good just a good example that you don't don't have to be training for marathons you don't have to have an ultimately in distance or in even running time desire but just the to appreciate it and like doing it is is probably the most important factor yeah and i think it's something i'll do you know for the rest of my life i mean just because i do enjoy just kind of the uh you know the running gives you the freedom to kind of forget about you know stresses of life and i love listening to music and listen to music as i run and trying to I need to get my times better that's the only thing is I uh, as I've gotten older it's been more of a struggle to get my times as good as they probably used to be but uh, you've so got that's some we talked time for you you're a pretty fast runner for someone who who's who has as we've said started a little bit later but the cool thing about running and Mark Miller who was guest number two track coach at Christ Presbyterian Academy said one of the neat things about running is the more you do it regardless of how fast, regardless of how far you run, your body inherently becomes naturally more efficient at it. Your body just learns ways to eliminate excess movement and you just tend to get better the longer that you do it. So that's a plus to running. Real quick, just to backtrack on your career, when did you decide journalism? When was that kind of something that you're like, I think this is, this is my path? I went to college and changed my major three times, and the last change I switched to be an English major and with an emphasis on creative writing. Right. Now, it's funny. I took a lot of classes at University of Tennessee. The one I liked the most was 
class writing for children. And at that time, I thought, hey, I might want to be a children's novelist and write stories for kids. But I graduated, didn't really have an avenue to explore that. I started working. I will say, but backtrack is a little bit. I started working for the, my, the school newspapers, the Daily Beacon, which is still there. Wrote All one right. story, or maybe wrote two stories for them, sports stories for them. And I think that's when I first realized you know, this is this might be a good fit for me. I love sports. I was a, a little taste of it, for yeah, sure. Yeah, because I was in college. You know, back then the Tennessean used to get delivered to. I started off. I finished graduated from the University of Tennessee, but I started off at the University of Tennessee Martin is where I started before I transferred up to UT, UT. Martin. Yes, you know, I was a college golfer as well, Jim, and we played UT Martin that right? and, okay. and, and several tournaments. So the Skyhawks, they are now. That's they right. They, it used, what, to be, used to be it what? Used to be the Pacers. There you go. Yeah. Okay, so UT Martin's where you started, but. Yeah. Yeah. And, and back then, the Tennessean used to deliver newspapers all over the uh, the state. And I used to go to, I knew where the newspaper rack was in Martin. And then when I went to UT Knoxville, I knew where the newspaper rack there. I would go get the Tennessean. I'd go with the banner. I'd read it every day and follow, kept up what's going on in Nashville, what's going on with Vanderbilt, keep up with sports that way. So I always loved the newspaper business. But again, when I graduated, I wasn't a journalism major. I was an English major. I started off working uh, full-time at a job I worked in college at, at the Register of Deeds, which is in the courthouse in downtown Nashville. It's where property deeds and mortgages and tax liens and anything to do with real estate. When title searchers come in there to research houses before they build them to see how much, you know, or before they buy them to see how much money is owed on them, how much debt is there a first, second, third mortgage on there. I worked in that office. Paperwork was involved in all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and searching property records. And I did that when I was in college. And then when I graduated from University of Tennessee, I did that full time and I started working part time at the Tennessean. Yeah. And I worked 40 hours a week full full-time job at the register of deeds and then and I, started, the as well. I started working at the Tennessee at night so i'd work from eight in the morning to four thirty, and then i'd be at the Tennessee at five o'clock on 1100 broadway and i started off just taking hole in ones bowling scores high school games it was called agate and people would call in hey i've got the score from the you know the hunters lane maplewood basketball game and i would type in the box score and then somebody right be calling from a cave golf course hey i've got a hole in one and then somebody would be calling in with a high school volleyball score and then and then i did football as well so i did that for years i'd work five to 11 at night so i'd work from eight in the morning to four thirty in the afternoon from five to 11 at night and i probably worked four or five nights a week at the paper i was working 60 70 hours a week yeah. doing that i think the people at the paper like my work ethic they said hey would you ever like to write write a story or two i said yeah i'll give it a shot so covered the tennessee and regatta which is the first thing i ever covered it was a boat race out on the old hickory lake right. and uh Nobody else wanted to cover it, <laughs> but I was. I was going to say, I, yeah, nobody, I, I'm not sure yeah. I've heard of the Tennessee Regatta, yeah, but yeah, I think they still run it. And then I covered <laughs> maybe an electronic football tournament that they had. I covered somebody that was was learning how to do the luge for yeah. maybe an Olympics games. I covered everything that nobody wanted to cover, and then right. I, they started letting me cover high school sports. And then after I started to realize. This could be something I would love to do. And, yeah. But I continued to work both jobs because it just the timing was never right. And then finally in ni- 1997, after six years of doing both, 
I got an opportunity to to be the high school sports coordinator at the Tennessean. So I've covered all high school sports. I covered some college athletics, you know, whether it's Austin P or or Tennessee Tech or TSU, and so I covered high school games at night on a Friday night. Would cover that on on Saturday, and then just kind of grew, I guess, as a writer. And and when the Titans moved to town in '99. I was going to say moved before then. but They were here, but, but they were not the Titans. Yeah, once they became the Titans, and I think the Tennessean decided, hey, we're going to amp up the coverage. Would you like to cover, help out covering the Titans and the Predators yep. as kind of a backup rider? And I, I couldn't believe it that I'd even have an opportunity to do that. Yeah, I said, yeah. And I, I helped out you know, Jeff Legwald and Paul Kuharski, were, who were the beat guys for the Tennessean at the time, and John Glennon, who was the Preds beat rider. I just kind of helped out with them and right. worked alongside David Clymer and and here we are 20, 21 years later, and uh, I'm still covering the Titans. I've been the beat guy since 2001. You know, I took it on full-time then, and right. obviously my, where my place of employment has changed, but it's just I look back at my career and just think of how lucky I was because – you were in, you were in the, you were in the right place at the right yeah, time for, yeah. for right as far place, as right, right yeah. time and it just it just and I just worked. I mean, I for didn't sure. I, mean, I didn't make the best grades when I was in college. You know, I probably didn't take the right classes that would have prepared me like they have other people coming out, but I was always willing to to work. And I'm still the 70-hour work weeks were certainly a part of what led to getting those jobs down the road. For yeah. sure, and sometimes um, it went up to eighty, you know, eighty-five. It's just it was kind of crazy because I got married uh, a couple of years in, and I look back now and think, man, I probably shouldn't have worked so much. But my wife, I think, she understood that that's kind of how I was able to put myself in a position to get a better right. opportunity by working. But some of the weeks it was crazy. It was, it was 75, 80, 85 hours a week. Having an understanding and supportive wife was, was yes. super important in that working out too. Real quick on the running before before we dive headfirst into the Titans because I'm literally chomping at the bit to get there. You've been running now for several years. Describe to me in Nashville what's your favorite run. Where, where do you feel like is your favorite place to run and just like what's the perfect day? What time time of day do you like to run where are you running what's the temperature what's what's your ideal ideal run in music city yeah i personally want to park is what i love to run awesome and, and that's the kind of my home course if that's for lack of a better term right and you know my, i grew up over that neck of the woods i my parents still live on highway 70 i mentioned i went to st henry's grade school which is on the corner of vaughn's gap and highway 70 so i always knew that Pershing Water Park was there, but until I started running, I really didn't take advantage of it. And sure. my parents, both of them still alive, both in their 80s. And when I started running, I wanted to find a place that was close to them where I could run and then go visit them. So sure. I've, that's my main running course. I, I don't do the trails. Like I, stay on the roads, up, around, on the up, roads. up around the path. Yep. And sometimes, it, there's, you know, right now it's obviously with the steps under construction, it's a tougher. Yeah. It's not as good of an experience as maybe it will be when those steps are done by the summer. But I usually start off going up those steps. I make rounds on the on the paved roads you know sometimes i'll just make the loop several times to get to three four miles sometimes i'll go back and finish maybe a five i think it's a 5.7 mile uh, course which is really hilly sometimes i'll just come i'll make a loop down the hill and i'll just head straight down bellmead boulevard and run and turn 
back there, but my runs usually end up being never less than 3.1. Sometimes they end up five, six miles. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I love running on the weekends early, you know, I say early, 9, 9.30 in the morning. I like it when I, mean, I run in all temperatures, but I actually like it when it's hot. Yeah. And, uh, and then I also love to run, you know, before the sun goes down. It's a, more of a challenge, I guess, during the work week, but when – you know, it's the time, Five, the time six changes. o'clock a day, yeah. yeah no Sometimes doubt. six, seven o'clock, I love to be out there then. And I, I mean, my wife is on the treadmill all the time. She walks outside. I just never really have been able to get into a groove of running on the treadmill. I love being outside. Same. And I love, yeah. it energizes me to see other people around. Oh, for whether sure. I know them or not. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I'll see you out there. It's great to see people there. But yep. I love to just, I just love the activity and love you know, being outdoors and just love that area. Talk to me a real quick about, so you were a writer for the Tennessean for a long time covering the Titans as a beat writer versus in 2015, you became editor of Titans online where you're actually an employee of the Tennessee Titans still covering them. Of course, you've covered them since they've been the Titans. Talk to me about the differences and what that's like being with the Tennessean as a beat reporter versus actually being a Titans employee. It's a completely different life for me. I mean, even though I do a lot of the same things now that I used to do when I was at the Tennessean. Also, there's a lot of things that I don't touch and a lot of stresses that I don't have to deal with. You know, when I worked at the Tennessean, I mentioned I work with Legwald, I work with Kuharski, work with David Clymer, who was all, such a good great friend of mine. Yeah. yeah, and David Clymer, unfortunately, passed away earlier this season, who was such a good mentor to me. And then I had a great editor and a guy named Mike Jones who was kind of a he was a he was a tough editor, but he pushed you and wanted you to take ownership of your beat. And when I worked at the Tennessean, I loved it. I mean, it was a great. Uh, I w- it was kind of built for me because I'm really competitive. I wanted to be first guy to break stories, and I was kind of consumed by the job. I wanted to break every news story on coaching hirings and firings and players getting cut and who's got an ACL, who's got an MCL, who's coming in on a workout, you know, who's been arrested overnight. I mean, haven't had to deal with that as much lately, yeah, but that don't used, have to, that deal used with to be that, a story back the in the Pac-Man day. The Pac-Man Jones years, certainly it was a full-time job with that, but I was dead set on trying to be the source of news uh, for the Tennessee Titans. And I felt like as a beat guy, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I didn't get beat on the story because Adam Schefter's and the Ian Rapports of the world, they certainly do a heck of a job. But I've tried to limit their effectiveness as much as I possibly could. Because I felt like if I'm the beat writer in Nashville, Tennessee, and this is the team I should, am covering, you I need, need to, to be, be on top of it. I need to be on top of it. And yep. I didn't want people coming into my backyard and trying to scoop me on stories. So I was – 24 7 365 slept with the phone you know next to my bedside table and while i enjoyed covering games and writing feature stories my main thing was to own the beat right and to and to have be the tennessean the yeah tennessean yeah. be the source i want to see the tennessean on the scroller on espn the tennessean's reporting you know chris johnson's agreed to new deal the tennessean's reporting you know that eddie george has been released the tennessean's reporting that this so-and-so was you know arrested overnight in an incident i mean all that should be coming from the newspaper of record mm-hmm. uh, when i switched jobs 
you know, obviously my life is different now. I mean, I, I, as a newspaper reporter, I spent so much of my time trying to figure out what was going on behind closed doors. Were they not telling me, you know, what I need to be figuring out? I called agents. I called, I don't even want to tell some of the people I called just because I don't want to give people ideas who are thinking about doing it now. But um, <laughs> for sure, now my job is I continue to write feature stories. I still do analysis. I, you know, obviously write about games, cover every aspect of the team. But there's now it's different that I know a lot of stuff that I can't Got to sit on it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So. And if you did write about it, it's that's completely frowned upon because you're writing the article literally in the Titans organization building. So. so. Yeah. So I don't write about people if they get in trouble off the field. You know, I don't write about when they're free. I remember my first day on the job. Again, I was so consumed with breaking every story and figuring out what's going on inside the building. And the day I was hired, my first day on the job, you know, Marcus Mariota comes in to sign his contract and had agreed to terms on his rookie deal. And I sat there and watched it. And his agent, Brian Tolner, who I'd hounded for years and years when I was a beat guy, he kind of thought it was funny that here I am now watching this take place. Completely passive, just soaking it in. With it, yeah. Right. But I see stuff and know stuff that's going on that obviously I have to to wait before I can put it out there. I kind of I have to get the blessing, certainly the GM and the head coach and the people who are making decisions like that. It turns out a lot of times Titans Online has been the source of the news. It's still coming out first right. from the team, but I don't consider those scoops necessarily anymore because – you know, They're just giving you the green light to report it. Yeah, when, it's finally. Said, yeah, yeah. And, and and somebody else has not done their job to get it. I mean, yeah. I, I I felt like you know when I was working for the Tennessean. If the if the team put the news out, I lost. I mean, I didn't do my job. Right. Uh, but you know, if the team has the news before myself or the newspaper in today's world, I'm not trying to take a shot at anybody. Anybody, but I just don't think people are as aggressive as they as certainly as I was covering right. the team. So a lot of times. The team ends up putting the news out there first, unless Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport get it first. And more times than not, the team is breaking a lot of the right. news in these situations. Yeah, man, it's it's changed a lot. I, you know, the first eight years they were the Titans, I was on the field for every home game with my fraternity brother who was T Rack. I was the original member of the Rack Pack, sole member, <laughs> first year. You know, I grew up in Ohio, went to, went to high school in Canton, Ohio. Rooted for the Cowboys a little bit growing up, kind of rooted for the Browns when I when I lived there, but literally graduated college in, from North Alabama, moved to Nashville the summer of 99. Two months later, the Titans are playing their first home game. Me and my fraternity brother, Pete, are on the field, and it took me all of three minutes to become a massive Titans fan, <laughs> and I've been there ever since. Lo and behold, the first year they go to the Super Bowl, so... It's been super cool just to kind of watch the Titans become the franchise that they have become. I tell a lot of people, if I never would have rooted for the Titans, I could have easily lived to be 100 years old. I've just always been a pretty <laughs> stress-free guy. Maybe 75 now, Jim. They, yes. That's just the Take way that team rolls, man. Yeah. They just, you know, It's just been rare over the 20 years that the Titans have like gone into a game, beat the crap out of somebody, and left. There's just tension. But, but I love them. I, lo- I love that team. This season especially was great. I mean, just to have – you know, nobody was expecting to go on that run, especially when they had to go through a quarterback change in the middle of the season. Like it just wasn't going well. And to turn around and make that run and almost get to the Super Bowl, like golly, as a Titans fan, that was so fun. 
Yeah, I mean, and to to go to New England and and knock off the Patriots in Foxborough, you felt like the whole league was pulling for you. Of for course, sure. obviously the Patriots outside fan. of Boston, the yeah. whole country was like, love the Titans, love yeah, so them, that love was, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I know that that was incredible. And then go to Baltimore, and believe me, you know, you, you know, of the years the Titans had the number one seed, and and the Ravens came in here and beat the Titans. It happened in two thousand, happening in two thousand eight. So. To go in there and kind of get some payback for some of those years when nobody thought it was possible. For I mean, sure. Lamar Jackson is outstanding, and they've got a great team, but the Titans were able to keep it rolling. So going there and win and put you know, yourself in the AFC Championship game, it was, uh, you know, it was a special season. Tell me just about what you think about the – it sounds like probably what you're doing now, I imagine, has lowered the stress level of your occupation based on what yep. you do actually working for the Titans. But maybe just talk about the differences just a little bit as far as just like your own thoughts behind what your career was through a journalist, through what it is now, and if there's anything that you know you consider just like your favorite part about it. Yeah, it, definitely a lot less stress. I mean, I'm not on edge and not consumed and not texting people all the time, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. I, I kind of am in the loop on things and what's going on and who's coming in on visits and how things play out. And it's a lot easier way to live that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I still am a workaholic. I still work a ton, still write a ton of stories. I just do it differently. I mean, I'm writing analysis more i'm writing mailbags kind of responding to fans right i'm covering love those those practice. are great thank you i'm doing practice reports you know obviously covering games doing feature stories just trying to provide as much content as i possibly can you know, yeah you know the, not pr- having to dig as much though right the, the, don't the have information's there but you don't have to necessarily right and travel's easier i, mean, I, I travel with the team now as it compared to talking about that crazy trip uh, you know going to oakland back when i was working at the tennessee and i'd leave for a game on a Saturday and I'd come back on a Monday morning the first flight you could get out mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm on the team playing on Saturday cover the game and then once the game ends you you, know, you work the locker room and then you're getting on the bus to go to the plane to get back in Nashville that's a good and bad I mean it's, yeah. it's, it's better that you're on the road one less day and back home but you know somebody who got used to covering a game and then going to the press box and working for three, four hours to get all your stories cranked up. It's different when you're when you're writing a story the minute the game ends, publishing it out, then go in the locker room, get quotes, try to write stories on the bus, write stories on the plane, not knowing if the Wi-Fi is going to work, trying to get the story off before More the plane takes off. Yeah. Go, yeah. So it's a lot quick hitting stuff. Game days are still very stressful, but – you know, have the opportunity to do a lot more things now, obviously, than I was with the Tennessean just because the, the budget's better and get to cover a lot of league events. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've covered I covered the Super Bowls even when the Titans weren't in it when I was with the Tennessean. I, my first Super Bowl, uh, I went to the – I grew up a Buffalo Bills fan in Nashville. Long story there, but – Went to the went to the Buffalo. Did the Bills. Music City Miracle cure you of that? <laughs> cure you of that? Those troubles? That was, uh, you know, that was my first year covering yeah. uh, the team, and I'd been a Bills fan my whole life, so I'd be lying if I told you that that. that and again, I was working at the Tennessee and then not the Titans, so right. you were just uh, covering it. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be lying if I told you that I didn't have some mixed feelings uh, that day because right. it. Uh, I've had been a Bills fan since the day of 
of O.J. Simpson, which I hate to say that because of how his life unfolded. O.J. Simpson, I've always been a fan of his. Uh, ever, ever since Naked Gun and that ended, <laughs> then I, that's that's the end of O.J. and me cheering for yeah. him. Like, but through yeah. there, he was great. Well, I, I remember watching him when he went you know, ran for 2,003 yards when he went over against the Jets. I watched that game with my dad and just loved the Bills. I, everybody, I don't know if you remember the jackets people used to wear to school, the kind of the wool jackets. jackets. They, had the, they were wool jackets that had oh, the right. plastic sleeves. Oh, right, right. And Every, everybody had a Cowboys jacket or a Steelers jacket or a Redskins jacket. I was the only kid in school that had a Bills jacket. I loved the Bills from the 70s all the way through the 80s. So, so the miracle game was interesting for me. But I was telling the stories about the Super Bowls. I, come, right. I went to the Bills-Cowboys game uh, in 1994 in Atlanta. I went to that game by myself. And then from 1999, when I worked for the Tennessee at the time, I covered the Titans-Rams Super Bowl. And then I've had the good fortune to cover every Super Bowl since. I guess it's been 21 or 22, counting that year I went not for work. But working That's for the cool. team has kind of allowed me to continue to do that. You, know, you get to go to Pro Bowls, you know, owners' meetings, combines cover the drafts which is really cool that that's another big benefit of the job is just to be at so many different places yeah where you can kind of tell stories or get a titans angle at some of these events that's that's still work but it's fun yeah it's working i love being at these big events so that's something working for the titans has uh has benefited me and given me an opportunity to do more things i otherwise wouldn't be doing now if i worked at the tennessee and still you just jogged my memory on a couple of things. Real quick, trivia question. Not a lot of people on this earth know this, but who were the first two people to run out of the white inflatable whatever they had that the Titans ran out of the Super Bowl? Oh, man, Bowl? what a great – at the Super Bowl. I'll uh, give you a hint. You're sitting across from one of them. Is that right? Myself and my fraternity brother, okay. T-Rack. <laughs> I literally drove from Nashville to Atlanta – with a pickup truck and the chariot that T-Rack would ride out in front of the team behind me, drove it to Atlanta in that like ice storm, got it there. And no joke, Jim, it was me and Pete, wow. the first two out. And the team came up behind us on the field at the freaking Super Bowl, which was the coolest. Again, that you're now probably the fourth person on the planet <laughs> that knows that. But thinking about the Music City Miracle, I remember that game super well. Of course, it was, you know, one of the, the craziest games ever. But Pete and I, T-Rack, were standing underneath the goalpost by behind Dyson and Wycheck. So okay. the play actually ran away from us. So we certainly couldn't see what level the ball was thrown on, whether it was lateral or not. But we just remember, like we were literally just kind of standing there like, well, this stinks. You know, Titan season's over. It's been a fun run. Of course, Dyson runs it the length of the field, scores. And after that happened, we're running behind the Titans bench over to the opposite end zone where Dyson had just scored literally like it felt like the ground was moving because the stands (laughs) were going so crazy and by the time we got there the Bills had already thrown the flag to review it, right? right? So we run the length of it, celebrating like the score of touchdown. Takes a couple of minutes at least to review the play. And then when the referee steps back on the field, he's like, play stands as called. I kid you not, it was like he ran it back all over again. And it was just, <laughs> oh my God, just to be standing on the field in that play, like... You know, I wish the Titans would have been to the Super Bowl a couple more times since then, but what a fun year. And again, for somebody who hadn't had much success cheering for sports teams up until then, I'm like, yeah, by the way, Titans forever. It was crazy. I mean, I was covering the Clinic Bowl, which was a high school state championship in football in 1998. 
and then I couldn't believe the next year I was covering the Super Bowl with the with the Titans. I mean, Clinic was, Bowl to Super Bowl. Yeah, it yeah. was it was unbelievable. And then you know the miracle play. You know, I had a great vantage point for that. I was you know seat my seat was kind of probably around the fifty forty eight yard line, and uh, so I saw it develop. And then the place, I still, in my mind, remember just the pandemonium and people hugging and people jumping up and down and throwing popcorn in the air. And then as it was under review, a lot of my colleagues went down the field. Some of them were caught in the stairwell going down there and didn't see the play. I stayed up the whole time. And I'm glad. I I mean, part of me wishes I was down on the field just to kind of experience that. But I was at a pretty good spot because – I was able to see the replays and kind of get a feel for maybe what might happen. And I remember everybody in the stadium was like looking back in the press box like they do a lot of times. Right. Uh, you know, you had maybe a Sony Walkman back in those days, but most people are not watching it. So they were looking at us like thumbs up, thumbs down. And Who I didn't knows? know. I mean, I right. didn't know which way it, it was going to go. Been closer. Yeah, they were, yeah. You know, they were debating on the, you know, on the air on which way this thing may go but and then when they reviewed it and said it was a touchdown like you said it was went uh pandemonium all over like, again like i had a sister that left i know a lot of people that left the stadium. oh for sure yeah. i definitely know that yeah we actually hung out in the parking lot afterwards and i remember javon curse was out in the parking lot at with at joe salivea's family's like little tailgate they had and this was you know probably an hour after the game was over and he had a full-sized plate where he was eating barbecue or whatever they had in his hand and literally his fingers came yeah, out huge. around the edges of the entire plate, like all five fingers. But that was going to be my next question. Who's, who would you say is some of your favorite players you've covered in your 20 plus years as a, as a Titans writer? Yeah, that era uh, produced a lot of them. I mean, you know, Eddie George, you know, Steve McNair, you know, Javon curse, uh, you know, those guys were yeah, not only f- from how they, what great players they were, but, you know, being around McNair so much and just seeing all the stuff he did, you know, around the team, just his toughness, you know, stuff he did in the community. You know, it's a different era back then as far as compared to how it is now as far as limitations or your, your interview opportunities with quarterbacks. Like today in the league, you know, quarterbacks speak one day a week and uh, and that's it. And they're speaking in a podium. Back then, you know, McNair spoke every single day and at his locker, whether he practiced or not. And he was a, about as much of a stand-up guy that I've ever been around. And he mm-hmm. was in pain a lot of times. There were weeks when he – I thought there was no way he would play in the game. You know, he didn't throw a pass all week. And he would be out there and he would play. And remember a game in New York in the Meadowlands uh, where he'd been dealing with a rib injury and, you know, he – took a Tordal shot and ended up playing and but by the end of the game the Tordal had run out but he so he lifted up the ball with his opposite hand I think it was on his right side he lifted the ball with his left hand as he crossed the goal line for to, the to get to score to score right because he couldn't he said later he couldn't do it with his right hand because he was hurting so much and he came off the bench in Pittsburgh at Three River Stadium when Neil O'Donnell got concussed he wasn't supposed to play in that game he dressed out just in case he had suffered a sternum injury the week before he came in through three passes uh, Titans won that game into a touchdown pass to Aaron Kenny in the corner of the end zone 
I remember was, Jeff Fisher talking about that game. He said, I, I'm pretty sure that's the game where he was like, yeah, I think Steve was really contemplating whether he could yeah. even play anymore. Right. And then he came in and won that game and, you know, adrenaline was through the roof. And after the game, he said, he said to Steve, he's like, hey, you still want to do this? He's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he, he but was, what an athlete, yeah. man. Like what a like just God given yeah. athlete to, that guy could will himself to do some of the things he did. So strong. Yeah. yeah. He's strong and just tough minded and just, uh, uh, you know, he's come different than anybody I've really been around, with the exception of Eddie George. I mean, I think Eddie George's toughness mm. probably gets overshadowed just because everybody was looking at Steve. But you know, Eddie never missed a game, and he right. played through a lot of injuries. And you know, watching him throughout his career, I'll never forget that. You know, I mentioned Javon Curse. You know, I remember some, one of the so again because I was always around my buddy who was T Rack every now and then. You know, T Rack would have some bunts of bruises, and the and the trainers would like help him out, like stretch him out or whatever. So one time before the game, I was talking to one of the trainers, just you know, as he was help working out T Rack, just getting him ready for the game. And I asked him, I was like, is, "This is early on. This is two or three years into the Titans." And I asked him, I was like, "Which? I was like, which one of the players are are just like you know, like the most ripped, like just like like just like you know, specimens?" And he's like, he just, I mean, like the question barely left my mouth. He's like. Eddie George, yeah. and he said, I mean, this guy, I don't know who the trainer was, but he'd been a trainer for 30 years. He's like, I've never seen, you know, somebody with as big as Eddie George is to be as fast and like elusive as he is to be like that big of an individual. He's like, there's, I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was huge and he needed the size and the strength because he just took such a pounding. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, obviously he ran, he, he got through some holes and ran away from people, but a lot of his game was just wearing down defenses, just pounding and pounding and pounding. And, uh, you know, he, he's a great guy to deal with. I mean, just like McNair was, you know, there's so many great guys, like some of the guys, you know, whether it's on Ultron Werner or Donald Mitchell, or, uh, I, I could go on and on about guys who aren't necessarily marquee names who were just, just great, people. great people to deal with. And I could talk for days on that, but as far as memorable players, I mean, the Vince Young year in 2006, his rookie year, when Rob Baronis kicked a 60-yard field goal to win that game, mm-hmm. and he engineered an overtime comeback win in Houston and won a game in Buffalo late. That that was an incredible season, just seeing what Vince Young was able to do as a rookie in 2016. His career never really took off, and, I, and part of that is because of him and, right. and his work ethic. I think he would tell you, you know, he, if he'd have done some things differently, maybe it would have played out differently. If he had but, an Eddie George work ethic, right, could have right. been a different story. I think yep. so. Chris Johnson – 2009 season when he went for 2006 yards i would say that probably goes down as the as the uh, that was awesome as, yeah as the I best remember, individual they, season yeah when they drafted chris johnson of course people knew the 40 time but i don't think he was terribly well known as a college player he East was carolina yep. right i mean like yep. and even when the titans drafted him he was a first round pick you know you're like oh that's cool i mean I, obviously he's, he's a fast runner but no one no one saw that no, coming no i mean did. good night he he is living proof that you can't teach speed yeah and then i think a preseason game i think i think it was against the rams and uh he took a handoff and went probably 70 yards, and I think that's when people realized, well, we may have something here. Right. And uh, he was just incredible speed and just his ability to get into open space and run away from people. You know, people just misjudged how fast he was. They were taking bad angles on him, and he would, uh, you know, he'd turn a, what 
you know, might have been a 20, 25 yard run for some people to 90 yard touchdown. He was in, he was incredible. He, he was as fun a guy as uh, I've ever yeah. been around to cover. Yeah. I've got a lot of draft stories because my buddies and I all love the Titans. Of course, we pay attention to draft coverage as, as much as any Titans fan does. And the one I remember the most is probably five years ago. We all go out to Corner Pub and watch the draft the Titans had. I think it was the 11th pick. We had spent months dissecting the draft. Who are the Titans going to take? What do they need? Who, who are they taking? So we're all there. There's like eight of us watching the draft, and they come over the airways, and they're like, with the 11th pick. I think I, I think I literally said, like, when they went to commercial break for the pick, I was like, as long as they don't take an offensive lineman, I don't give a shit who we take. <laughs> and sure enough, they're like, with the 11th pick, the Tennessee Titans take, University of Michigan, Taylor Lewan. And I, like, I couldn't have been more pissed. I was like, what? I Like, I just, you know, because I didn't, they never really talked about taking Taylor Lewan whatever i had my mind on other people you know who my favorite player is right now yeah. taylor Lewan. i freaking love him like i love yeah. his personality he's a great left tackle so that is living proof that the titans never need to consult me about any decisions yeah. they make and i'm okay admitting that but couldn't have been more pissed jim when they yeah. drafted that guy freaking love him now he's yeah. literally my favorite player on the team so people there yeah, you offensive go. line pick people want the playmaker they want the quarterbacks the running backs the receivers offensive line is never really a sexy pick no no but man that one's that one has panned out as a lot of them have recently i think you know i think the best general managers in the league you know you're, you're just not gonna hit you're not gonna bat a thousand right but derrick henry in the second round that looks really good right now i love marcus mariota golly I, i've never wanted a quarterback to be successful more than i did for him just because of what a great guy he is and i mean i love the titans i want the titans to win every game they play but i didn't i didn't care as much as other people did when the titans weren't playing well because i just love mariota so yeah, it, yeah. i hope it pans out for him wherever he's playing next year because he's great yeah i mean he definitely when you talk about a list of favorite guys or best guys you've been around i mean he has to rank right at the top of that list just because mm-hmm. the way he treats people i mean mm-hmm. it's unfortunate that he had to deal with so much change around him from head coaches to coordinators to players and right and you know he had suffered a couple of injuries early on and i think set him back and who knows how things might have gone for him but he always handled himself with with such class even oh, when he lost sure. his job last year and uh i hope he gets an opportunity i hope he does well somewhere else no doubt so you just you just reminded me of something. What what would you say if you? It's probably hard. I'll, I'll let you pick a couple. What's just what's a couple? We've mentioned a couple, but what's a couple just like highlights covering the Titans twenty years? Just like a couple really just cool memories to be a part of. I think uh, you know obviously the Music City Miracle has to rank up there. You know, covering the you know the, the following week they beat the Colts in Indianapolis in the RCA Dome. Eddie George got away that game, and oh, then, I remember uh, that one. I think winning in Jacksonville that year to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, they'd already beaten the Jacksonville twice to go down there and win that, and and to see you know Bruce Matthews and Bud Adams kind of lift the the AFC Championship trophy up. I'll never forget that. And then of course the Super Bowl. What a run! Yep. Yeah. But there were so many games during that stretch. I think two thousand. The, the, it was a game against the Steelers. It's known as kind of the Music City 
Mulligan when Joe Nedney they called a timeout. Didn't yeah, what? yeah. He he missed a he he missed a field goal. He called a timeout as he made a kick and uh, fireworks went off. And then he missed a kick and they called roughing the kicker. Oh, and he, right. he he got uh, he literally got three kicks. Yeah, made he, two he out of three. It was a big yeah. acting job on that one. He oh, made that. Yeah. That was a and Herman Boone from uh, remember the Titans spoke to the team before that game and that was one of the more memorable games uh, as a playoff game win. You know, th- th- this past year, I mean, it's incredible to think it went, the team went from winning a playoff game in Baltimore against the Ravens during the 2003 season, which has to rank up there. Gary Anderson made a field goal there right. to win it. They ended up losing in New England on the frigid night uh, that the game, game yeah. later. But to go from 2003 to 2017 when the Titans won the playoff game in Kansas City when mm-hmm. Marcus threw the pass to himself and yep. completed a pass to Eric Decker. That game was remarkable. And then these these playoff games here this season uh, that sure. we talked about earlier, going to New England and winning, going to Baltimore winning, those were certainly some highlights. I mentioned the Baronis game, you know, for, for him to kick a 60-yard field goal to beat the Colts. Mm-hmm. Never thought I would – See that. see that uh, that you're right that playoff game against the chiefs not this year the year in 2017 when they won they were down, down 22 21 yeah. 3 yep. and that, i mean that nobody was expecting that comeback that was a great day to be a titans fan when they came back and won that one a lot of cool stuff jim i think they're headed in the right direction i love mike rabel he and i are both from north canton ohio same age probably doesn't remember it as much as i do that we've <laughs> been to a couple parties together but whatever he, i'm glad he's here i know that much just wrapping up about your job what would you say when's the busiest time for you as a titans beat writer and then you know when's kind of the busiest slash most stressful and then just at the what's your favorite part about about what you do yeah, I mean, it really never slows down. It's funny. It's crazy how the league has gotten where it's pretty much round the clock. The only stretch where it's not busy for me is probably the end of June and the first couple of weeks of July when, when the OTAs break and before training camp starts. That's really only the quiet period. That's when people go on vacation. That's when right. you can usually expect there to be no news. Busiest stretch, certainly during the season. I mean, it's crazy just from the time training camp starts in late July, how quickly it gets to January because those weeks just fly off the calendar it's just a blur yeah and uh so that's a busy stretch free agency when it starts week from today right yeah i mean it's gonna gonna, that's a real busy stretch that's why that's why i teed up this interview for today i knew if we kept putting it back it it might be july before we could get it in yeah so that's a busy stretch and then i think this you know the stress you know my my stress level today compared to what it used to be i mean it's not even comparable really to when i was you know, chasing stories and dealing with the agents and all the stuff that goes with with trying to be first on stories. It's it's right. stress because it's a lot of work. But but I mean, I love it now. I mean, I love football. I love to write. Love yeah. being around people. I love every really every aspect of my job. To be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I follow you every day and paulkaharski.com every day. I get I get all the Titans information I need from you guys. I like I like that you guys have different styles. I think you, uh, as not only journalists, but I know you guys are friends, complement each other well for selfish reasons because I'm, I'm friends with both of you guys. My favorite part about pregame is, is the little part where you guys are, you know, 10 minutes out from kickoff going over keys to the game. And you, again, you guys are just have different styles enough that I think getting, 
you know, some Titans coverage from both you guys is, is just enjoyable as a fan to, to get it. So I'm glad you're doing it and glad, glad that you love it as much as you do between you two and Mike Keith. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the Trinity right there. You guys stay calling the Titans (laughs) for the rest of our days and all's well with me. Yeah, Mike Keith is something. You talk about somebody who's got a steel trap for you know a brain and, and has so much Titan knowledge. Like sometimes I have awesome, to, man. yeah, I have to look. You know, thinking back at some of these games and players and big events, I sometimes have to look back at in media guys or year in reviews or get on the internet to refresh my memory on some of Mike Keith. I could call him and ask him about anything. That guy's an encyclopedia. His recall is incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Love the Titans, man. Thanks. Thanks for sharing a lot of that, that information. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about Nashville running the 615. We, we want to always give you a chance to chat about your, your home city, which we love. You've lived here. I mean, basically your whole life. Right. What would you say is the most Nashville part about you? Like what, how, what do you consider you Jim Wyatt as a Nashvillian? I think that I have just embraced the city so much. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I, I, a lot of people say they don't want to be caught dead downtown or uh, on Broadway on the weekends. My wife and I will go down there to walk a lot of times. I love being in the middle of the action. I mean, I don't care whether it's on campus here down the street at Vanderbilt going to games or just, you know, walking, parking in Nissan Stadium or parking lot, walking across the walking bridge and just kind of walking through the streets. I love that. You know, Percy Warner Park, I mentioned. I mean, I, uh, I've seen this city change so much. It's incredible. I'm sure uh, some of it has to be surprising, right? Just yeah, with, as, as, especially the past four or five years, is. right? I mean, just to see, you know, the Gulch, you know, the t- the Tennessean parking was kind of back behind the Gulch. And it was, you know, got my car broken into. Somebody stole the computer out of there sometimes. I broke up some fights leaving work late at night from behind 12th and Porter. I mean, not t- too far from where the Tennessean building is. Used to be a rough area. Right. And now we know how the Gulch is today. It's now one it's the, bougie. One of the yeah. trendier spots no in town. Yeah. So to see the Gulch and to see the nations and to see Germantown and to see East Nashville, unfortunately some of these places have been hit by the tornado. But And just to see just how the city has changed it's remarkable to me i mean i think you know i've learned to love country music by living here i mean i love all kinds of music but i think in fact i go to cma festival every year love being in the crowd there i I think what makes me so natural is just the fact that i've I've tried to just throw myself in the city and soak it all up i'm so proud i mean when the draft was here last year and i saw people come from all over the united states and really all over the world to be Mm -hmm. here you know, as I looked at the crowd before the draft started and saw the people, I, I got emotional. Oh, I, mean, I, bet. I, yeah. I have to say that. I mean, I've sat here and think this is my hometown. I'm kind of getting a little bit teary-eyed talking about now. But just to see how far the city has come from when I was a little kid and, and – uh, you know, when I tell people when I'm on vacation or out where I'm from and to hear people light up about how much they love the city, I, mean, I take so much pride in being from here. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. You and me both, man. And I, Nashville shows up. I mean, for sure. Like that's the, the part I was going to mention. The draft for me last year was just 
my world all combined at basically 4th and Broadway over the course of 72 hours. Of course, I work for Brooks. I'm always around the running industry, but the Rock and Roll Nashville half marathon to marathon was literally the same weekend as the NFL draft. So I'm working the expo right at the convention center, would come out every day, be a part of the draft festivities. Saturday morning actually ran in the race that afternoon was at you know some live music uh, events over in east nashville and golly like is the greatest 72 hours yes. as far as just excitement and how much again nashville just shows up so couldn't agree more man i love it here i, I feel you know i've been here 20 plus years now and feel like you know it's it's my home and couldn't be more proud of it for sure so let's talk about music. That was a good segue. You you said a little bit. You you are a music fan. What what's the best concert you've seen in Nashville? Do you have any or or a couple that stand out? I would say I love Bruce Springsteen. I've seen him probably seven eight times, several times here. It's a funny story. I've got a sister that's a year older than me, and my dad I mentioned was a, was is a judge in town for forty. I don't know if I we talked about that, but he's a judge in town for forty over forty years, and my sister. As a freshman in high school, she was going to concerts and going to parties. She's ahead of me. I was I was more reserved and shy when I started off my high school years. I have an older sister, Angie, who embraced her high school years and got out and, you know. Kept again, it social. Yeah, yeah. Went to parties, went to concerts, did all kinds of stuff. So she said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to see Bruce Springsteen at the at the municipal auditorium i had no idea who bruce springsteen was my dad i think this was probably 19 is in the early 80s right i think it's born to run tour maybe so he's uh, yeah so yeah. he hadn't even danced with courtney cox yet right. born he to was USA. just taking yeah. off so yeah. my sister went to this concert and my dad you know i'm curious to see who she's going to see it you know come down with me to the municipal auditorium see if we can get in i said yeah, i'll go with you things are a lot different now with security than they, had, sure. they used yeah. to be so again he was a judge in town he knew a lot of the police officers so he went down there looking in the municipal auditorium and i think one of the police officers said, hey judge and you know and he had made some small talk you know about his daughter was here he's just kind of curious See, so the guy let us go in and i was i was wasn't even in high school yet i think i was in the eighth grade and watched we snuck in and watched some of the bruce springsteen and even as a kid i thought this guy's pretty good. Oh, My dad man. loved it. His energy levels yeah. through the roof. And yeah. then who knew that from as I got older that I would become such a big Bruce Springsteen fan. You Mr. Kuharski, I'm nowhere in the same league as him as far as PK going to shows, but I've been to several that. shows. You know, whether yeah. it's in we went to I went to Birmingham with Paul to see Springsteen. I went to Louisville with him to see Springsteen. Seen him in town many times. So I would say Bruce Springsteen concert is my most memorable. Right. But um, love Tom Petty, too. Oh, man. Uh, Me, too. Uh, I was a big fan of his. Saw him multiple times. But I've seen so many concerts in the city. I don't go to as many now as I used to. People laugh at my Spotify when they see my music selections on there because I've got everybody. I've seen growing up, I saw Ozzy Osbourne. I saw Rat. I saw Cinderella. I saw Bon Jovi. What, saw, what was it, the status of your hair when you were going I to see these mullet. bands? I had a mullet. Yeah, I had a <laughs> mullet. And, I think uh, those are required to <laughs> yeah, see those shows. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah, so I, I loved heavy metal back uh, then. Yeah. I was a huge Metallica fan. Yeah, I saw I, Metallica. I, yeah, uh, they, they always brought it pretty pretty hard when it came to just loud and in your face, which actually is how I prefer live yeah. music. I, I want it kind of shoved down my throat. Yeah, but, um, I've also, I mean, but I've also seen Kenny G, and I've seen... Uh, slightly different. Yeah. 
yeah. Metallica. I mean, I've seen Tina Turner, and I've seen Tina you, Turner opened up at the Super Bowl. Remember that with Travis yes, Tritt? She, yes, they, sure they, she was the. I think she was the pregame show. I remember because we were there, like getting ready for the game with with T Rack and some stuff. That Tina Turner was there. That chick's awesome. She's awesome. So I've yeah. seen that wide range. I mean, on my Spotify, I've got you know, you know, everybody from Drake to. I guess to Meek Mill to Lil Wayne. I mean, all of it. Uh, I've got everything on there. And I've mentioned, I think one thing that's been cool and speaking of music is being able to go to the Super Bowls. As I mentioned, I've been able to see all these halftime oh, shows. Yeah. Prince, and, uh, Prince in the rain. Saw that. But yeah. if I had to name, I mentioned Bruce Springsteen, but, 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 and I've got it on my Spotify as well. But I think the most moving concert or music that I ever saw live was at the Super Bowl in new orleans in 2002 when u2 played oh, right. and it was just a couple of months after, after 9-11 yeah and uh and they played in the and the names of all the victims of 9-11 played on the screen mm-hmm. uh, i think as they played or the streets have no name For and sure. uh, that was the most moving that was powerful that i've ever been to uh, yeah just because it was so fresh in everybody's mind and just to see the names. And that was – sometimes we'll pull that up on YouTube just to watch it. Oh, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. You got to go there. I've seen I've seen Bruce a couple of times, once in Atlanta, once here. And, you know, that guy, two hours into the show, he's just getting warmed it's up, unbelievable. man. Get, yeah. get comfortable and, and be ready to – to, uh, you know, if he's if he's putting out that much energy, you need to be standing on your feet cheering him on. He's, two or yeah. three encores. I mean, you never want him to stop, but he plays through the lights coming on. I mean, he's he's unbelievable, no doubt. Awesome, great stuff, Jim. Let's let's move on to our final section: running the six one five speed sessions. This is this is quick hit questions here. Just no wrong answers. Just anything that you feel like is best for you. We'll go that okay. route. Sound good? Sounds good. Okay. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl. What's your favorite Nashville restaurant? Oh, I'd have to say uh, Rotiers. Yep, right down the road. Coffee, tea, soda, water, or alcohol? What is your drink of choice? I'll say I, I drink a couple of Cokes a day. Uh, i say Coke. Coca-Cola. Dogs or cats? Dogs. Are you a talker or a listener? i say listener. Got to be. Being a reporter, yeah. I guess you like you hear You're people a good talker, talk. though. Always good to chat with you. Beach or mountains? Beach. What annoys you? The scooters in town annoy me uh, and slow drivers. Slow drivers. In, in the, in in the, the fast, left lane. In yeah. the left lane. Don't drive some left lane. That one's a And negativity. You know, people who are just constantly, you know, bringing it down with negative talk. I've tried, as I've gotten older, I've tried to steer clear from you know from that so i think the constant negativity i'm I'm looking on the bright side that's right i love it what is your favorite nfl stadium that you've ever reported from oh i'd have to say uh lambeau field's pretty cool you know sight line is probably baltimore they've got a low press box there yeah uh, that's a great place but probably lambeau and then i always love going to heinz field in pittsburgh always always a lot of energy there yep that's a cool area with with all the stadiums around that what is something that is not good for you that you do anyway not getting enough sleep you know ignoring the fact that i need to sleep uh you know sleep's important sleep's important and uh i think especially during baseball season i'm a big dodgers fan and they their games start at 905 910 on the 
Nashville time and usually in twelve thirty, and then I go to bed most of the time around one a.m. one thirty and wake up probably at seven. So could use more sleep. Yeah. Well, how about on the opposite? What's something that's good for you that you wish you did more of? That may be it. Probably sleep and then run. Yeah, I wish yeah. I could find more, even more time to run. Good answer. You can say pass if you want. Who was the worst interview of your career? <laughs> uh, Carl Pickens just didn't like to do interviews. All uh, right. He was pretty grumpy. I like Pac-Man. I mean, Pac-Man was tough to deal with a lot of times, but he had a little bit of a personality to him, and I'm, I think I'm good with him today. We, yeah. we butted heads on a lot of stuff, but I probably had as much stress. My stress level went up dealing with him all those years but when i look back at him i don't i don't hate those days as much as people might think I, right well I i'll say this man i mean that guy had every opportunity to just fade into nothing and, yeah. and be a flash in the pan and be gone but i mean he's a great athlete and he was able to make it into like a 15-year yeah. career so I mean, he I, did uh, yeah. he did prove some people wrong to some extent there's no doubt i mean when he was when he first arrived knowing the crowd that he ran with and knowing some of the stuff that he was involved in i didn't think he'd see his 25th birthday right uh certainly didn't think he'd play and end up playing 13 years in the league he had one year that he was on injured reserve but he had a really good career for sure could have been better i mean if he if he would have steered clear of some of the stuff that he did maybe things could have turned out even better for him but he 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 had a great career you look back at that draft class he had one of the best careers of any of those guys in that as an Aaron Rodgers draft class. But right. you look through some of those other guys, and he, he his staying power was pretty impressive. For sure. Would you rather have a cookie or candy? I'd say candy if it's maybe a Milky Way or a Butterfinger. There you go. I like it. You already said this, but we can say some more if you want. Who's your favorite sports teams? My favorite sports teams: Vanderbilt. You know, my whole life, Los Angeles Dodgers. Obviously, working with the Titans. Titans, Titans are my yeah. team, but it, pre-Titans, Buffalo Bills, and the Boston Celtics. Oh, but yeah. Dating way back. Larry to, Legend. Yeah, but even before Larry Bird, you know, I you know, like John Hevelchak and JoJo White, you know, Dave Cowens, yeah. some of those years. And then, of course, the years with Larry Bird and Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale and Danny Ainge oh, yeah. and Dennis Johnson. Those were, uh, those were fun times. Absolutely. What is your dream vacation spot? Uh, I love going to uh, Hawaii. I've been a couple of times, whether it's Honolulu or going to Maui. You know, my wife and I talk about going on vacations or saving up. That's kind of where I like to go. There's a lot of places I have not been that I probably would like to go to. Mm-hmm. Man, you travel so much for work. I'm sure when you're not not working, jumping on a plane is probably not at the top of the list, I would think. I do like to go. I love to go to the beach. And, yeah. Uh, love to go to the Panhandle. Love to go to Hilton Head. Love to go down to West Palm, which is where my in-laws have a place. But one of the more memorable trips for me was the London trip when the Titans played over there oh, a couple yeah. of years ago. I'd never been there before, and that was outstanding. I'd love to – I guess a dream vacation would be to take my family back over there with me just so they could experience that and maybe do London, Paris. But I might wait for the coronavirus to, yeah. to Put that one on hold a little, for a little bit. bit. Although you yeah. could probably fly over there for 20 bucks yes. right now. I think flights are cheap. <laughs> What's your favorite TV show or movie of all time? 
Uh, Forrest Gump is my favorite movie oh, of all yeah. time. So I've good. Watched it many times and uh, gets get choked up every time. Great, great, <laughs> uh, great movie. Great soundtrack. Perfect combination. What do you think is the best way to recover after a run? If you ever feel like you get in a long run, what's a way to recover? I just uh, I I love I, because my distance. I'm not running you know a marathon or I'm not running an Ironman. It doesn't take the toll on the body that it does serious runners. But I love after run just sitting on the top of those steps at Percy Warner and just cooling off and just uh, slowly walking back down those steps. That's a the great. Car. That's a great view up there, man. Yes, just no like doubt. to bask in the uh, in the finishing and just kind of easing back. Yeah. What's a favorite song that you like to run to? Do you have any go tos that you just fire uh, up? Uh, Eminem. Uh, is that Lose Yourself? Yeah, man. I uh, talked about that in the last podcast. You know that he just performed it on the Oscars like a I month saw ago. That. Yeah, they didn't was, know what to make of that. Uh, so no one so, knew he was yeah, going to be on it. I yeah. mean, I, I literally talked about it for like three minutes in the intro of the last podcast. It was yeah. awesome. Like awesome, awesome. Yeah, love that. That's Believe it or not, Swag Surfing. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that song. I like to run to that song. I love to run to U2. Um, U2's got some great ones. Yeah. It's, uh, but I've got an incredible, I've, sometimes I let people look through my Spotify list and they're, uh, they're shocked at the variety. On they're there. like, are you a journalist or are you <laughs> a radio DJ? What are you? We, t- we kind of talked about who's the best athlete you've ever seen play in person or athletes. I mean, Chris Johnson could very well be, I mean, just, he ran a four, two, four, just his pure athleticism for sure was incredible. Pac-Man Jones is a great athlete. I mean, absolutely. Uh, I remember watching him in practice where uh, and I think he did it on hard knocks, maybe. But you know, I saw him one time catch a punt, you know, put that ball under his right arm, catch another punt, put that ball on his left arm, catch another punt, and just stacked him up to where he had like eight or nine footballs catching them without putting the other ones down. Man. It was, I mean, just that was unbelievable to me. Yeah. Um, so he was a great athlete. I mean, Eddie was a great athlete, but he was just a tough bruiser uh, of a player i think of great players i think of great phenomenal athletes i think chris johnson and pac-man jones might rank up at the top there mm-hmm. seeing derrick henry run fast for a guy as size as he is yeah, that's pretty, pretty, amazing. pretty phenomenal i mean that guy people that big should not be that fast yes. i guess is the easiest way to put it is there anything you are afraid of Afraid? I don't know if I, uh, I guess afraid of seeing people that I'm close to dying. Right. I think I'm not afraid of my daughter and wife are terrified of spiders and snakes. That doesn't ever get me. But uh, I just think the thought of people who I'm close to not being here probably Absolutely. scares me. Yeah. see as the years go by. No doubt. When you run, are you watch or no watch? No watch. There you go. I, never, I, I probably haven't worn a watch in 30 years. Oh, that's awesome. What do you think is the best part of living in Nashville? Just the fact there's just so much to do. I mean, from sporting events to food to music to places to run. We got it all. Yeah, it's no incredible. Doubt. Would you rather go on an airplane or a road trip? You do plenty of both, I'm yeah, sure. I, I, I love going on a road trip with the family. So if it's drivable, I'd rather drive. But uh Obviously, sometimes you have to take the flight, and I, I enjoy that part, too. Yeah. Um, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Dinner. What makes you happy? I think seeing people around me happy. 
Same. Yep. Awesome. Is there anything that running has taught you since you've uh, picked up the sport? I mean, just maybe just forgetting about the stresses of the day for a while. That's what it's allowed me to do. You know, I've heard people talk about it's taught you how to push through pain and to persevere and to block out the pain. Again, my my runs, I'm a novice compared to some of these people who are running these long distance Well, uh, you're you're wearing the right shoes. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you can run as far as you want. Those guys. Wearing the right shoes helps, but I don't feel like I'm pushing through anything necessarily. You know, obviously, if I run a lot, maybe I start to feel some stuff in my knees and I have to ease back a little bit. But I think me is is just allow me to to kind of um, just get away a little bit. Check out a little bit and get get on a run. Is there any misconception about you as Jim Wyatt? I don't know what it would be. Maybe uh, I consider myself a nice guy. I try to treat people well, but... I have a competitive side in me where I'm probably, uh, uh, you know, I'm not always, especially when I was in my old job, I had a, I don't want to say it's a mean streak, but just uh, uh, had to be competitive to get had the to stories. Be competitive. So yeah. don't mistake my kindness for weakness, I guess, uh, yeah, because man. I'm willing to compete and to fight for stories and to try to get an edge on people that I consider myself competing against. So sure. uh, I've got a kind of a dogged, mindset when it comes to work yep well you are a nice guy though so that's not a misconception <laughs> as a writer do you have a favorite book or a favorite quote uh, my favorite quote is uh is a dr seuss quote uh <laughs> it just uh, might be surprising don't be sad because it's, it's over smile because it happened and oh, uh, yeah. and i think a lot of that's just because as, as my kids have grown up and certainly I, times i wish they were young again you know to try not to dwell on the fact that they have you know gone off to college and are kind of doing their own thing and are not in the house like they used to be but uh, just enjoy all the time that i spent with them and i guess the same thing with my parents as they get older yeah you'll just appreciate everything they've taught me absolutely no doubt is there any advice you would give to a young Jim Wyatt? I guess maybe stop and smell the roses. Not that I don't. I mean, everything that I have done and all the things I've been able to do and events I've covered, I've realized how special it was in the moment. And I'm at big games or at the national anthem. I sit and think of how fortunate I am and how fortunate I've been. But there are times when I'm so consumed by the job and you got to get this done, you got to hit this deadline or you got to talk to this person for the story or you got to do this, got to do that. Sometimes I have not enjoyed it as much as I could have. And there's a balance there. I mean, you want to do a good job when, especially when you go on trips, they're paying you to go to these places. So they're expecting you to work and they're expecting you to produce and they're expecting you to do as good a job as you possibly can. But I probably have been guilty in years past of not enjoying places that I've been in the moment, in the moment. So maybe, but you know, in some ways, if I would have done that more, maybe I wouldn't have gotten some of the stuff. I was going to say, yeah, maybe, maybe the Titans wouldn't have reached out and said, Hey, we, we, (laughs) instead of writing, uh, instead of trying to get the stories, how about you come, come in the building and we'll give them to you. That's true. So yeah. So stopping to smell the roses, maybe I know a lot of people who have stopped to smell the roses too much. And, uh, and they probably uh, don't Got stay as employed by. as long uh, yeah. as they should. What is the story behind visor over hat? I used to always wear a Dodger hat. 
there's a story that I have back on the practice field from probably 20 years ago that Mike Strasinger, a friend of mine who still shoots around town, took of Eddie George and I walking uh, and I, side by side, and I'm wearing a blue Dodger hat that reminds me I used to wear that all the time. But I started wearing visors, I guess, probably 10, 15 years ago, just because I felt like you can breathe better, like on the hot days in the For summer, sure. you can breathe better. It's tough to put a pencil, which is what I, you know, I used to carry a pencil or a pen under my ear, but Seen where that, that lot, hat yeah. breaks right at the ear, it just, it's hard to to fit there. So if you, a lot of people kid me, they always have a look like I have antennas sticking <laughs> up on top of my head because I stick my pencils and stuff uh, above the visor. So that allows me to do that. And, uh, it's serviceable. Yeah, the visor it's ser- right, yeah, serviceable. And the hat head's not as bad with the visor than it is Good maybe with the, with the hat. So I've seen you more in visor than without. I mean, I know when you're down on the field in the blazer and, and our, we see each other every now and then, you can't have your visor, but me too. What Last question, Jim. What is the purpose of life? I think just, you know, making the most of, of every day and, uh, you know, trying to treat people well being kind to others and kind of living life to its fullest. Yeah. Well, you do all of those, Jim. I really, anytime our paths cross, I like to just catch up and chat about life, but I I really do like your reporting style. I mean, from somebody who watches sports and has been for a long time, a lot of people get pretty fired up. Sometimes I feel like even maybe get a little bit carried away, but you've always, to me, had a very level head in the way you cover your sports. And of course, I love the Titans. So I love that, you know, that's the team that you're covering, but you just, you got a great style in in your reporting and really find ways to make it fun and give us fans a little bit of insight. And and like I said, between you and PK, it's just a great blend of keeping us entertained and in the know. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's crazy how much the job has changed just from the writing to the social media part of it. I mean, back in the day when I was covering the team for the Tennessee at the beginning, I mean, you're gathering stories for the next day's print edition and, and that would be your assignment for the day. Maybe write a story, write a notebook, and then have it to the press, you know, by that evening. Now the job is so much different. You're writing. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. You got to put po- stuff on you gotta Facebook. Post all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's nonstop, and it's you know, I sometimes hate to look back at how many times I have tweeted in my life since getting on Twitter in 2009. You know, think about to, to all the time spent banging out stuff to send out. But uh, that's all a part of it. But yeah. it, but it's been a uh, fun ride i mean i I guess i never dreamed when i graduated from uh from college that i'd have an opportunity to be covering an nfl team in my hometown you know where i grew up and i to be working for one i mean i consider myself very lucky yeah man well you're good at it jim i appreciate you you coming to chat with running 615 you keep running i'll keep uh keep you in good shoes we'll keep chatting about running and titans for at least we'll say the next 40 years and then after that, that we'll great. see we'll, we'll reevaluate thanks for being here jim appreciate, appreciate it, it Drew. appreciate you having me